Welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today I'm discussing how GCU is providing essential training to support the mental health and well-being of its students. With financial support from Santander Universities, GCU is working alongside the Students Association and SAMH, the Scottish Association of Mental Health, to train around 400 members of staff who work directly with students. And joining me on today's show is Dr. Helen Gallagher, the Assistant Vice Principal of Health and Wellbeing at the University, and Keir McKechnie from SAMH, who's responsible for overseeing this partnership. So Helen, Keir, thank you very much for joining me on today's show. Hello, and thank you. Uh, delighted to be on this podcast. Excellent, Keir. Well, I'm going to come to you first, and I'm, I'm going to start with quite a big question. How big an issue is mental health and well-being amongst young people, particularly in the current climate? It's um, an excellent question to start with, Craig, because um, the National Union of Students just did a piece of research, which was published only yesterday, um, where they interviewed 3,000 students across Scotland for different higher education and further education institutions. And you won't be surprised to know that um, although it was conducted um, before the COVID pandemic kicked in, students identified a number of sort of key stressors um, that are um, having an impact on their mental health, namely issues around poverty, financial poverty. Um, now we know that that's going to be exacerbated by the impact um, of COVID-19 and a lot of young people losing their jobs um, and the end of fellow schemes. So people are in the student world are very worried about um, poverty um, and paying their rents and so on. Then there's the issue of um, isolation was flagged up as a significant issue. And again, we know that that's been further heightened by the COVID restrictions mm -hmm. um, of uh, students not being able to go on campus and do the normal things like meeting their friends, hanging around in cafes, you know, meeting people in the library. All of those things um, lead to more isolation and break the social connections that students um, enjoy. Um, they report themselves as having a ne negative impact um, on their mental health and well-being. They also flag up the issue, particularly in first year students of um, workload and concerns about being able to adapt to new workloads, um, new pressures around workloads. And I think if you sort of look at the conditions of the pandemic, then obviously people are having to make the challenge of moving to an online world completely. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to um, be creating lots of worries and concerns among students about how to do that. So there's a whole range of um, different things going on there. But I think for me, there's a, a very important point about um, young people losing the social connections and feeling more isolated because we know that that has a, a really bad impact in people's mood levels and the, increasing their anxiety levels. So when you put all that together, um, it's quite clear that the mental health challenges for um, students are very high at the moment, are going to continue to become greater. And indeed, that poses massive challenges for um, the staff at the GCU, not just in terms of their well-being, which is a factor which we can talk about in the podcast later, but also the issue of how do we ensure that um, there's proper 
connections and support and use creative ways and innovative ways to to make sure that students have the best experience possible so we have to be honest about that and recognize that there's major challenges that covid provide but the gcu i think this project shows that they're really up for being creative and supporting their staff in order to be able to support the students effectively that's excellent key because that leads on to my next question for you helen how did this partnership with the university the students association samh and santander universities come around well the, the training was identified through a strategic plan of work undertaken by the gcu mental health at work task force and that was established in september 2018 and that was um, established in part so that we could bring the staff mental health work stream up to speed with the um, work that has been undertaken by the students association around improving and enhancing the the mental health of our students mm -hmm. so a power of work had already been undertaken by students association and our student well-being team and um, whereas we thought that the, we felt that there was a need to 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 um, bring the staff side up so the de decision to have the workforce was a, was driven by recommendations by the Stevenson Farmer report called Thriving at Work and that sets out what it considers to be ways of achieving their 10-year vision through the adoption of mental health core standards. The purpose of our workforce was to develop a mental health at work staff action plan to enable the university to enhance and bring greater visibility to its provision and practices to support staff with their mental health as well as enabling and equipping them with the skills and confidence to support colleagues and students with theirs and the overarching goal is to create a mentally healthy culture and environment that enables all staff and students to thrive in and out of the institution in order to contextualize the action plan though we we held a staff consultation on mental health through a staff survey and listening events during working well week in january 2019 and the extent of the engagement of staff in the consultation brought into sharp focus the importance that our staff place on their mental health and well-being so through this consultation we identified five key themes that aligned well with the Stevenson Farmer report and their core standards and two of these were around mental health training and development for staff to support their own and their colleagues and students mental health and another was around manager training and development for those holding line management and leadership roles so our staff reported a need to, and desire to develop their knowledge and awareness of mental health and how to identify the signs and symptoms of poor mental health in students or their colleagues and how to appropriately support and guide students and staff when concerns have been disclosed to them. So managers also expressed a lack of confidence in dealing appropriately and effectively with mental health concerns and supporting their staff to be open and transparent about factors impacting on their well-being and performance. So the two workshops aim to address these concerns and support us all to understand our roles responsibilities and boundaries when dealing with staff or students mental health problems and provide some clear signposting through appropriate services and resources that are available both within gcu and externally and we've had this partnership with um, samh for a considerable length of time now and so they were our, our go-to go people. They've got tried and tested um, training that we've discussed in, in detail in the past, and we felt that this was ideal for our purposes. And then we were really fortunate enough to be able to be funded by Santander's university to the tune of about 25K, which enabled us to bring this into, into being. Um, it's meant that we've had to, we've had to focus it and target the number of staff that are, are going to be involved in this at this point. But we see this as a really strong starting point for cascading mental health training across all of the staff. 
given everything that, that you've both spoken about so far, it sounds like this has come at the most opportune time, given that COVID-19 situation has really exacerbated problems that students might be having with their mental health. Absolutely. And um, we, when, we don't really know the full scope, scope and scale of, of, of what the mental health problems might be, not just for students, but for staff as well. But also for staff having to deal with students that have, are, are experiencing a whole range of very different challenges, probably, mm -hmm. as a consequence of the pandemic. As you mentioned at the top here, you're responsible for overseeing this partnership. Can you tell me about your role in this? Well, I think the first thing to say is that it's a really bold initiative and it's really innovative and it, the timing is absolutely perfect because we know the, the challenges um, that COVID is going to create for both students and staff. And I suppose my central role is to build on the excellent work that's already been done by the Mental Health Task Force at the university. And it's really to identify that in order to meet the well-being needs of the students, we have to fuse that together with the well-being needs of the staff. So there's an important principle at stake here, which is you can't have one without the other. And it's important to recognise that we have to tackle the issue of um, the right support at the right time for students by equipping managers and lecturing teams and other people involved in offering support to students with the right skills and knowledge and providing a, a proper framework in which um, managers feel confident to start conversations around mental health because we know there's challenges around that we know there's still a stigma about discussing mental health i think it's important to know that a key outcome would be that st managers were clear about how to start conversations around mental health issues affecting their colleagues people that they are supervising and managing academic staff but also knowing them um, as helen quite rightly said knowing what the, the limits to their roles are and what the boundaries are and when their job is done in terms of signposting to the appropriate services um, inside the university and indeed building up the knowledge and capacity around what services are available off campus. So improving some of the partnerships with local NHS services, uh, council support services, voluntary sector services, different charities. But I think my key role is going to be to improve the, the nature of how we join up the great work that's currently taking place between different departments and different sections within the university. And that will essentially look at increasing staff confidence to be able to identify some of the signs and symptoms of the major issues that students present with. So we know that the issue of anxiety and depression um, are major factors that um, students will present with. So allowing managers to encourage the staff that they're responsible for to attend the training event, send out a signal that this is an important part of their professional job. It's not to replace their core job as teaching staff, but it's to help them feel that it's okay to start the conversations and what to do if they do find that students are in distress and that they need help, whether that's crisis help or whether it's more general, what I like to call wraparound wellbeing help. So making sure that academic staff and managers know what the offer is, what's available, 
and having a broad range of um, products that they can tap into. And I already know for the short period of time that I've been working with Helen and other people that there's a fantastic array of resources already exists in the form of podcasts, webinars, online resources. And it's really making sure that um, the managers um, are able to direct um, some of the academic staff and other people they're responsible for to the right resources and to be able to help join up the process by which students need to get support. So we know that waiting lists can be quite long. Mm -hmm. So knowing who to refer to, who to signpost to, what to do if there's a safeguarding issue, all of that basic stuff um, will really help to make sure that we get students right support at the right time, but also that we'll be able to support the staff who are supporting the students at the right time and in the right way. That in turn will help to improve their well-being. That's interesting, Keir. That was, that was something I was going to want to come on to because there's a lot of focus, quite rightly, there's a lot of focus on student well-being. But what about staff well-being? Why is it so important to promote that? I think that's absolutely indispensable and it's part of a broader project, the, the work that's funded by Santander, and I'll say a little bit about that because GCU again, I think are absolutely sector leading and agreeing to fund a post um, that focuses solely um, or primarily on staff wellbeing. So we're going to be looking at how do we create a mentally healthy workplace for managers, for academic staff, and for non-academic staff. So we'll be promoting concepts around what is a good mentally healthy workplace? How do we adapt that to the current COVID restrictions? How do we promote things like um, staff wellbeing days, staff uh, knowing who to turn to if they're having to deal with difficulties in their own lives. And we have to recognise that the staff are under severe pressure here, like everyone else. They're, they're worried about their families, they're worried about their jobs, and, and they're worried about their students. So to me, it's absolutely sector-breaking, this new initiative. We're going to start um, a new mentally healthy university coordinator in the next few weeks and he'll be meeting up with the staff that are coming on this training but also all the different teams to make sure that everybody whether you're a porter or a librarian a canteen staff right up to the senior managers that we look at staff well-being and i was involved in some of the early work uh, with helen and other people at the university when we were surveying what the staff thought the issues were and we've really listened to them and this project's going to be um, a serious effort to make sure that we're not only we're not ignoring staff well-being but we're, but we're embedding really good strategies to help staff stay well and to be able to identify proper support services, whether that be through the human resources team or the employee assistance programme, or indeed fun activities. There's going to be lots of fun <laughs> um, around how we sort of support staff wellbeing and we'll listen to staff's ideas about how we do that. So yes, my earlier point, you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. So we need to take staff wellbeing extremely seriously because everything else is predicated on that. Now, Helen, as we mentioned at the start of this podcast, around 400 members of staff will be selected for training. What's the criteria for their selection? 
Yes, yeah, so um, as I said before, um, our aim is to provide this training for all staff eventually. But in the first instance, we're targeting our senior managers and leaders who have staff and or student facing roles and responsibilities. And it's to help them support their teams and colleagues to thrive. So program leaders often have a much closer relationship to their team colleagues than perhaps the department heads do. And so they're better placed to recognize when something seems a little off. Or they might be the first point of contact for their colleagues when it comes to seeking advice over students that they have concerns over. And then we recognise that by its nature, doctoral study can be very isolating and therefore these students are particularly vulnerable. This has never been more so than in the middle of a pandemic and we've had a lot of feedback around that. So we rely on our doctoral supervisors to be able to recognise and support them. So we've identified around 400 staff who are senior managers, programme leaders and or doctoral supervisors to do the training now. And as I say, we're working on a plan with Sam H and our new mentally healthy universities coordinator who's seconded from Sam H um, to um, achieve um, our bigger vision in the future. So at some point that any member of staff can apply for this training? Yes, or, or a version of this training. Okay. Um, I think we're looking at maybe a tiered and targeted approach yeah, I think um, we are looking at a tiered approach and one of the things that we'll do initially is we will sort of canvas the staff, the academic and non-academic staff to find out from them what they think um, training they would benefit from, what, where are the gaps in the knowledge, whether that be around support services or starting difficult conversations around uh, mental health challenges, whether that be anxiety or depression and we'll hope to reach every single member of staff with some form of mental health awareness raising, uh, focusing on uh, good self-care, focusing on how they folk, um, seek out help as and when they need it. So when we start the new coordinator, we'll, we'll canvas the staff to find out and map out what some of the, the training needs are and some of the knowledge gaps are. So there'll be something for everybody. And the thread running through it will be looking at how do we maintain good staff wellbeing? How do we maintain simple and clear systems of referrals where staff need to refer students who are in distress, but also they themselves, where would they seek out help if they were worried about it? And that's a very important point because we have to recognise that it's not always easy to reach out when you are struggling and creating a cultural shift around what Sam H call is okay not to be okay yes, and yeah. creating an environment where people know it's okay to check in with people, to look out for them and to recommend that they go and seek a, a bit of help and support, whether that be informally from a colleague or whether it be from a specific support service provided by the, by the campus. So it's really exciting because it fuses the two things together. It doesn't separate staff wellbeing from student wellbeing. And what I like about the, the first tier of this training is, is that it's um, identifying the key link in the chain, which is this group of 400 managers that Helen's identified. So they really are the people, I think, who will help to create this culture of openness mm -hmm. and begin the journey, or to take the journey even further than what's already happening at the GCU. Helen, how will this training be delivered and evaluated? The training comprises two workshops, each around a, an hour and a half long. Um, and they'll be delivered online to groups of around 15 in total. So the first workshop is on roles, responsibilities, boundaries and maintaining well-being. And the second is on mentally healthy workplaces. So the workshops have been developed from 
tried and tested SAMH um, training and they've been contextualized for GCU. They include some takeaway tools and techniques for you to try out with your teams. And we'll be asking participants to complete an evaluation after the workshop and we'll do a follow-up evaluation around three to six months later. We're particularly keen to know the impact of these workshops on staff confidence in dealing with mental health and whether or not they have helped guide or change their practice and whether there are any further gaps that we need to fill with further training. Kier, I'm going to come to you with quite, a, quite an obvious question, but I imagine quite an important question, but what is the best outcome from this training? To me, there's a, a few important outcomes that it's always good to identify at the start before you begin the training programme to set the expectations for staff. So the, a key one for me is, is that staff feel more confident about beginning conversations with students um, or indeed their colleagues if they're supervising them around mental health in general, knowing that it's okay to have conversations with people who are feeling low or who are struggling or who are feeling anxious. So a big outcome would be that staff feel more confident to start conversations around mental health because we know that the biggest problem in terms of mental health deteriorating is people suffering in silence. Mm-hmm. So creating a climate where people are able to openly start conversations and not be afraid of doing that, that's a primary outcome. Another important outcome is that we help staff to feel more confident to do that by giving them the tools and the knowledge to be able to identify the signs and symptoms of distress, being able to get a sense of what people might say, how they might look, how they might feel. So giving folk um, more knowledge and awareness of how people may present um, who are in distress. So to me, that would be an important um, outcome. And thirdly, a key outcome would be that staff were able to evidence and demonstrate in the future that they were able to signpost themselves and students to the right services and the right support services, again, whether that be on campus or off campus. So they're the three sort of key things here. There's nothing mysterious about it. Increasing confidence, increasing skills and knowledge. And I think probably to finalise this point, stuff about staff knowing how to take care of themselves Mm. and to be able to identify the stressors in them um, and when they need to talk to someone to know that it's okay to talk to a colleague if you're feeling distressed or if you've been dealing with a difficult situation it might be someone who's potentially self-harmed a student or someone who is feeling desperately low and it's been really challenging we need to create an environment where staff are able to debrief seek supervision and support from their colleagues and to know um, where to take some of the some of the issues that we know that staff can face and it's no doubt about it, we're going to see more of this um, during the, the current phase of the pandemic. So these are some of the, the highlights, I think, that we'll see the real benefits from. And that's what we'll be measuring in due course, yeah. I can see you nodding away there, Helen. Do you have anything to add to what Keir said there? No, I absolutely agree. And I think a very key take home from this is that this is as much about staff being able to look after and support their own mental health and recognise recognize the triggers the, the the signs in themselves and know when they can then they need to speak to their manager or or a colleague or a friend just somebody to to get some sort of support because because it's 
a vital part of having a mentally healthy university is that our staff remain healthy as well. So what happens next then? What's the next stage for this, Helen? So next steps for the, um, for the participants is um, two very simple pieces of pre-work. Uh, firstly, listen to this podcast. So done. That's one thing ticked off. Um, and then watch the narrated PowerPoint produced and presented by Rachel Sipson, who's our project officer for student mental health. So the presentation will help you familiarize yourself with the GCU whole institution approach to mental health and well-being, the structures, support, resources and services that are available to both staff and students. And you may also want to explore some of the links to SAMH resources and our GCU web pages. And then you're all set. Kier, if there's anyone listening, a member of staff or a student who is experiencing problems with their mental health, what sort of advice would you have for them? You know, don't be afraid to talk to folk about how you're feeling and knowing that it's natural and normal to be impacted by this, what a friend of mine calls the Corona Coaster. That um, <laughs> it's natural for our moods to fluctuate. We're human beings. We need to remember that. So my key take-home message is, you know, these training sessions are really the beginning of um, has been able to sort of identify that support really is there for us and that we are prioritising staff well-being. And, um, you know, look forward to coming on these and it's the part of a, a wider series of support for the, the staff at the university. And also, please have a look at some of the, on the SAMH website in advance of it. There's some great self-help tools there. I'm going to bring lots of bags of goodies to the training for people to take home with them. But there's also a very good Scottish Government website um, around sort of stress management and encouraging folk to be able to look after themselves and be kind to themselves. And that's called the Clear Your Head campaign. Clear Your Head campaign. And these are, these are useful tools, not just for you um, staff members, but you can use them with your families, your friends, your pals and so on, you know, um, we need to sort of be mindful of them. Um, they need to take care of ourselves and as particularly in this period where a lot of the coping mechanisms that were built up for years, mm -hmm. the rug's been swept away from us. So it's important to go back to basics here. That would be my, my core message. Just listening to both of you talk, it's, it's very reassuring that GCU is taking such an important positive stance on mental health. I think it's a topic that's very easy to pay lip service to but we are not just talking the talk, we are walking the walk as well. Helen, would you agree with that? I would agree. And I think a lot of that is, is led by our, our principal, who is um, the chair of mental health in Scot University of Scotland. And um, this whole notion of leading with empathy, compassion and inclusivity is, is something that threads through all of our principal's uh, activities and uh, certainly is the keystone to, to where we are going mm. with our mental health and well-being um, initiatives. The, the only thing that I would, would add would be that these forums, these training forums will be a, a safe place for people to come and also there'll be opportunities for the staff to share what they think we're getting right at the institution in terms of staff well-being, to share where they think the gaps are. So part of the process is to listen uh, to what the training, ma the manager, sorry, believe are some of the central issues. So it won't just be me parachuting in and delivering these words of wisdom. We want to hear your voices as well about what the key issues are and what we need to respond to. So we'll be responsive and flexible and bespoke in our approach. 
Helen and Kia, thank you so very much for joining me on today's show. I love talking to you both. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Craig, thank you. I'd also like to thank everyone for tuning in and I do hope you'll join us again soon when we'll be talking with another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonian University. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you're listening to us from. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been the Common Good Podcast. Thank you.